justice for the blind. Just something that'll find in the rhyme that are coming from my mind. Used to come in from behind. Good morning, good morning, everybody. Welcome to episode 133 of the 476ers podcast. We are going to talk about yesterday's game. We're going to talk about Friday's game. I don't know why I'm talking like this, as if I'm doing an intro. You know, I've clearly stopped doing intros. Uh, maybe I should go back. I don't know. Somebody would have to show me the statistics on what the point is of doing these intros before the actual song comes in. You know, I feel like the song tells you everything it needs to tell you. This is justice for the blind. Just something in my mind. You know, I don't even remember the words to my own song. Um, any hoozy. So obviously, you know, Joel's injured. Uh, some some knee swelling, which is always can always be scary. Now apparently he's coming back Friday. Uh, against the Kings, so, you know, maybe nothing to worry about at all. Uh, it could always be scary only because when you see something like knee swelling as opposed to an injury that caused the knee to swell, then that could maybe make you wonder, well, is there an underlying issue that's causing the knee to swell? And because the knee is swollen, we haven't been able to do any testing to see what needs to happen so that the knee no longer swells. I think ultimately he banged the knees against the, those dastardly nicks on Friday. And when he banged knees, I think it probably swelled up. Um, so, you know, we'll talk a little bit about that. Obviously, you know, we're listening to three game losing streak we're on right now. Uh, it doesn't feel that way because I think there is an underlying understanding that when Joel is injured we're probably going to lose most of the games after that now friday was rough um friday was really rough friday was the worst case scenario uh, playing the knicks last friday i mean was the worst case scenario it was everything going wrong at once uh it was uh <clears throat> oh man i'm on the spot and now there's too much pressure and i can't think of the the law uh, or the philosophy of everything that can go wrong will go wrong, what that's called. But uh, yeah, you know, that's what it was. A lot of missed three-pointers, not a great job closing out early. They saw a couple threes go in, and then in that second quarter, they hit 37 three-pointers. The big thing to me, um, then I've been saying this to my inner circle now for a while, is that there is no better point guard in the league when playing with a lead than Jalen Brunson. I'll say that again. There is no better point guard in the league that plays with a lead better than Jalen Brunson. What does that mean? Well, that means that pretty straightforward. Uh, you know what this is? I'm like feeling it. This is like uh, when you... <laughs> You're in school and they tell you, all right, we're, we're going to need like a thousand word paper. And so you start doing a lot of bullshitting, uh, a lot of, you know, you're doing a lot of uh, uh, a lot of jump roping here to keep this going. Jump roping is not even a th I, I'm you know what? I started a new medication. I'm going to stop this new medication because it's got me exhausted. And I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. Jalen Brunson is incredible playing with the lead. He is so, 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 so good at getting to his spots. He can post up any player. I, I mean, I'm at this point convinced he could probably post up Joel. Um, he's far better of a post player than Tobias Harris. Just let me tell you, Tobias is a little bit on my shit list in the last week. You know, and I'll get to that in a second. Um, and, you know, once once he has a lead, he just, 
that screen and roll, I, I don't know what the advanced metrics are on it, but it feels like it's a guarantee. Like, when he has a lead, that screen and roll has got to be giving him like 1.7 points per possession or something like that. It's just a guaranteed bucket. Um, their team, as a team, did not play super well. You know, when you look at their main guys, Julius was awful. Um OG was terrible, absolutely just got locked up by by Kelly Oubre, which is always the thing about OG is like, uh, you know, it's a little overrated right now. I'm going to be honest with you, like the, the, the plus minus numbers you may be seeing with OG that they're, uh, you know, undefeated since OG's joined the team. I don't know how to explain that. Maybe it's, you know, taking the ball out of Quickly's hand more and putting the ball more into Brunson's hands more often and taking the ball out of uh rj barrett's hand you know maybe it's that type of situation and and honestly the raptors have been playing well since they um also made that trade so it's not so cut and dry but um you know the, the thing is like he doesn't have a ton of offensive ability uh he's not he isn't Kawhi. i mean there was a moment in the bubble i remember thinking like man maybe og is can be their new version of Kawhi, a younger player played on played with Kawhi, saw what it took, you know, kind of similar stoicism, strong, um, you know, very deliberate, uh, but he isn't. <laughs> he is not Kawhi. Um, I don't know Kawhi. I would think that. So, uh, man, that's that's okay. It's like so, two thousand and twenty-one. Um, so yeah, but the thing is, is. Their bench came in. It really was in the second quarter. Their bench came in, made the difference, gave him the lead. And from that point on, Brunson just put on a clinic. Uh, Joel didn't have a particularly good game. He seemed to, you know, we seem to, we haven't faced a ton of adversity this year. So I think it was a good opportunity to get punched in the mouth and see what needs to happen in order for us to come back. Because of that, we had a lot of pressing going on, a lot, a lot of pressing. Joel was pressing, didn't play well, getting fed up with with um, dealing with the refs. He, I mean, he's re-aggravated his ankle injury first play of the game. Um, and so it was, you know, pretty much downhill off the rip. Um, and that's And actually, before I get to Tyrese, because this is going to be mostly about Tyrese, um, and then Tobias, I mean, I, I don't know, Tobias just... Uh, uh, it, it's just one play that sums it up. And I explained this in detail to a friend of mine last night. There was one play, I think it, it was in the first quarter, when I knew it was going bad. It might have even been in the second quarter. I knew it was about to go left. Joel is coming up to set a screen. Tobias is at the three-point line. He's, you know, towards the elbow of the three-point line. And there's, you know, Joel setting a screen there. And OG Ananobi is guarding Tobias. He's right on him. All right, he's right on him because he's not afraid of Tobias blowing by him because it's not Tobias's thing. He's right on him. And Toby does jab step, ineffective. You know, it's, you think about it like Pokemon. Jab step, he, he, does, he casts jab step. Toby Bond casts jab step, miss. Casts jab step again, miss. And then he shoots anyway. It, the jab step did nothing. Did not give him any space. It did not convince. It did not move OG back. It did not alter his position. Tobias then just decides to pull up a three pointer while Joel is sitting there setting a screen for not for not. And here goes Tobias, brick, brick. And that's when I knew it was bad. That was the moment I knew it was about. It was a barometer for what was about to happen. Um, 
Obviously, on Saturday, we lost again. Uh, back-to-back game, coming off of a blowout. It's kind of a tough situation. Um, and then uh, and then yesterday, you know, we lose to the Hawks. Who do we lose to? I can't remember who we lost to on Saturday. It's kind of driving me crazy right here. I was going to try to blow by it on the uh, anniversary of January 6th. Just a reminder. Uh, on the anniversary of January 6th, we lost to the Utah Jazz. That's right. Not a good team. Um, and we were down pretty big pretty early. Now, it's funny. Interestingly enough, the Jazz just blew out the Nuggets last night, which is kind of wild. The Nuggets were healthy. I, it was a wild situation. Um, so last night, we lose to the to the Hawks. And this is going to bring me back. This is going to sound like some um, Tyrese hate, but it's not. I love Tyrese to death. Anyone who's listened to me enough knows how much I... Love Tyrese, such a positive guy, you know, all of the things, you know, Tyrese is fantastic. Um, but the thing is, as good as Tyrese is, Tyrese, and I've been saying this now for a couple years, uh, if you've listened to this podcast, you've heard me say this before, Tyrese does not have a very large bag of moves and counter moves. And I asked the homie Vic about this. I wanted to get his input and you know, it's, it's, it's kind of, I was hoping it was more complicated than what I thought it was. And I, you know, the thing is I agree with what he said, which is just Tyrese is so fast. He probably doesn't really think he needs them. And he does. He does. If you look at the most effective point guards in the league, speed is not how they kill. Um, they have speed as one of their main options. Obviously, guys like De'Aaron Fox, Tyrese Halliburton have a ton of speed, get up and down the court very quickly. But in the half court, speed is not what they're relying on. Ty, you know, De'Aaron Fox, what well, one, De'Aaron Fox is pretty big. He's a relatively big point guard, um, but has a host of moves and is devastating getting to that mid-range game. You know, he gets to that mid-range and he's a bucket. Uh, Halliburton has a nice little crossover left to right, plus counter moves, hesitations, and and Halliburton doesn't necessarily have the quickness that Tyrese has, uh, you know, coming from a dead stop, but has a more creative handle, also a very big point guard. Um, Tyrese doesn't have that. Tyrese is a full... Coming downhill, I have to go downhill to get you on your heels so that then I can do my step back thing. Or then I can hit this little turnaround fadeaway that he's been working on. Otherwise, if I'm just standing at the top of the line, if I'm just standing at the top of the three-point line, as what happened yesterday in regulation, and mind you, we played good. So it sounds like I'm nitpicking. It sounds like I'm tearing the young man down, but I'm not. I promise you I'm not. It's just what things he needs to work on. As in at the end of regulation, we have a chance to win the game. Tyrese has the ball at the top of the at the top of the key. DeJounte Murray, who isn't necessarily an elite defender anymore, is guarding him. He, yeah, he has moments, but he isn't what he was a couple years ago. Um, and there's DeJounte guarding him one-on-one, and Tyrese waves the screen. As I'm watching this play out, I'm thinking in my mind, that's a mistake. That's a mistake because when you don't have a left-to-right crossover. When you don't have a left-to-right, in-and-out, hesitation, go right, whatever. When you don't have those those things in your handle, and he's capable, he has a capable handle, 
He just doesn't do left to right crossovers, whatever it is, just a left to right, right to left, whatever. A crossover that can get somebody's hips turned in one direction so that you can go back the other direction and beat them off the dribble. Tyrese doesn't have that. And so when you don't have that and you have someone who can set a screen, well, that gives you the opportunity to have the defender get scared enough of the screen that he may attempt to hop the screen. Now, this is what's happening in the modern-day NBA, and this is a great opportunity to talk about this because when people look at Bleacher Report, which has ruined ruined highlights forever, I mean, Bleacher Report is the originator of the missed dunk highlight, you know, which is not a highlight. It's not a, It's a missed dunk. There's nothing to highlight anymore. If it went in, sure, someone got posterized. Guess what? It did not go in. Therefore, that person did not get posterized. There will not be posters of the guy who missed the dunk. There's not going to be posters of it. We don't even need to highlight that. Or the crossover, the the, 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 the $100 move with the $0.10 cent finish. The crossover with the air ball. Oh, if this went in, I don't care if it went in. There's no if. We're in, we're in, the, the, we're in reality. There's no alternate realities here, brother. All right, I don't see Tom Holland coming out of the out of a portal anymore to meet up with I can't remember the other Spider-Man's names. This is driving me crazy. With Toby Maguire and and the other fuck. All right, it ain't happening. This ain't across the Spider-Verse, which by the way was the best movie of 2023. If you haven't seen it, go see it. It ain't that. I don't see Doctor Strange coming through with the worst movie with the worst movie to best trailer ratio in Marvel history, I don't see him coming through. This is this reality where he missed the shot after hitting a nice crossover. (laughs) Highlight ruined. I don't want to see the crossover into the past. This is nothing for me. Anyway. And so, right, anyway, back to the point. The reason I bring this up is because, (laughs) I'm sorry, because Bleacher Report People misconstrue what crossovers are. A crossover is a one-on-one move. It's a one-on-one move. It's not a dribble handoff, a, a dribble handoff, stunt hard left, come back right now, that guy's out of the play. That's not a crossover. That's somebody that's defending two people in this situation and is trying to account for that scenario. That ain't a crossover. A crossover is one-on-one. Is AI, one-on-one against MJ, Boop, boop, got him turned, pop, pop, shoot the jumper. That is a crossover, not the screen comes to set. Therefore, the player overcompensates to get over the screen just in case you take that. And as he's overcompensating, you go back the other way. So now he has to overcompensate that way. And then you come back, you come back. And now he's out of the play. That isn't a crossover. It's a situation where he's overcompensating for his screen. You did not fool him. The screen fooled him. The screen crossed him over. You just did the thing to get him out of the play, and that's it. That doesn't count as a crossover. Not in my book. We have hard standards out here, B. It's y'all who be allowing Mitch Richmond into the Hall of Fame. God bless him. Who allowed Dennis Rodman into the Hall of Fame. God bless him in North Korea, wherever he is now. They shouldn't be there. My Hall of Fame is the guys. It's the five best guys every five years or whatever it is. It's that. It's that, brother. Marcus Saul is going to end up in the Hall of Fame. Should he be? Probably not, no. He's going to be. 
too many guys get into the Hall of Fame. It's too easy. And it's because of this. And mind you, I'm not I am not on my lawn because I'm not one of the people who complains about participation trophies because it's the generation that complains about participation trophies. We're the same generation giving the fucking trophies out. It was them who gave it out. So don't complain about it. You did it. The kids didn't do it. The kids received it from you. Anyway, stupid. I hate it. I hate people. It's just the point that what people get impressed with easily is very confusing. It's just very confusing. The point being, Tyrese, you need the screen. You need the additional pressure of is he going to go through the screen or is he going to deny it? So that DeJounte either overcompensates to beat the screen or he ends up getting caught into the screen. And then you have Onyeka and Kongwu on you. So that you can beat him downhill. Don't forgive the screen. And here's the thing. Because the last time we played Atlanta, and I noticed this, him and DeJounte had started having a little back and forth. They started talking shit a little bit. And Tyrese had a good game. Tyrese had a great game last night too. But it ain't that. So... He, nah, fuck the screen. I want to go one-on-one. He goes one-on-one. They're, just watch the play. Just watch the play. Again, I'm not hating on Tyrese. This is an opportunity for Tyrese to learn something. He's not going to listen to this. <laughs> he ain't going to listen to this. But if he ever does listen to this, Tyrese, I love you to death. I mean, he has more, more than than outdone his draft, his, his draft position. In that draft, he'd be going top five now in that draft. I mean, he's been incredible. He's been incredible. There's only so many players in the NBA who are averaging 25 points, six, seven assists a game with a low turnover ratio. You know what I mean? There's only so many of those players. He plays hard on defense. He really tries. He may not be able to affect the game defensively like some other guards because he's just not that big, but he plays his ass off. He's had a few really, really nice blocks this year too. I love Tyrese, man. I love Tyrese. But if you want to take it to the next level, this is what has to happen. And the thing is that's frustrating is when you look at it, you, you got to look at everyone. Look at the players who don't have speed, the change of pace, the Luka Doncic, Jalen Brunson, what, why I mentioned him earlier, why I went so thoroughly deep on him. Pause. Jalen Brunson, Luka Doncic, look at Joel. Joel has a left-to-right crossover. I mean, it's what he does. He comes in, he takes a couple steps back, then he does the do-do, one-two step with the cross, with the crossover fake, see what the defender's going to do, and then either pull up or cross him and go. You need that. You need that left-to-right. You got to get players that are going to, you need to have moves that are going to get players to shift their hips because against DeJounte, you come down one-on-one. He doesn't shift his hips at all. He's standing in front of you the whole time. So what do you do? You resort to that spin move. That spin move doesn't work ever unless you do the fadeaway. So you do the spin move, mind you, on a point guard who has very long arms. He has very good defensive instincts and good instincts at getting steals. So when you spin, he already anticipates where the ball is going to be. There's only so many places that ball is going to be. So as soon as you spin, he he swipes down, hits the ball. It goes off of you out of bounds. One second left. We go into overtime. You foul out. We lose. And it's too easy. That's too easy. It's too predictable. Your best bet maybe would have been to swipe back right. To, to I mean, to spin back right and try a fadeaway. But he might have been there for that too. But you probably had a better shot at that shot than that one. Because as someone who does a lot of host of spins, I mean, I'm my man. I am the heavy spin in the washing machine. I be spinning all day. I'm spinning like a top. 
It's the same shit with me all day. But here's the thing. If you're defending me and I don't get you to move, if I'm going in for a drop step, so that means I'm, I'm pounding hard with my left paws, right, right shoulder into your chest, and I drop step over my left shoulder, well, if I don't move you out of the way of my left shoulder, if you absorb that, the ball is going to be right there for you to hit. I know this. I do. I go through this all the time. Any big man is going to go through that. If, if I can't engage with you physically how I want to engage with you and I don't move you out of the way how I need to move you out of the way, the ball is going to be right there for you to swipe at. It's going to be right there for you to swipe at, which is where pump fakes come in, right? But the point being is as soon as you spin, DeJounte's already there because you didn't really fool him at all. You didn't move him anywhere. He, you were just coming downhill. That's all you were doing. And you weren't even coming downhill at full speed. So there was, there's not the threat of your speed in this scenario. There's no threat of the left to right crossover that's going to get DeJounte's hips to turn in any way. So it just turns into that. It, it doesn't work out. You know what I mean? And that's what I'm talking about. You need to be able to get a left to right crossover, something that is going to get players to move. You need to watch the don't even watch Kyrie tapes honestly because listen as much as I as I can disparage Kyrie there is no one in the world Kyrie's handle is as unattainable as LeBron's uh, longevity and athleticism as as unattainable as Giannis's 37 foot wingspan it's as unattainable as Joker's IQ it's as unattainable as as Steph's Ability to hit wild three-pointers. It's as unattainable as MJ's wanting to rip your heart out of your chest and eat it upon your grave. It's unattainable like those things. Words to to Kyrie. Again, as much as I can be critical of Kyrie, man, I can call it how I see it. I can give credit where it's due. That dude's handle is not something that's that's attainable. I don't even think... I think it's something that is so intrinsically to him... That you could spend your entire life working on your handle and never have the creativity. That's really what the difference is because a lot of players have handle. I mean, Chris Paul has an incredible handle. He has that ball on a string. He has a great crossover, especially in his prime. Steph, same thing. But Steph is chaotic. CP3 is robotic in some ways. Kyrie doesn't do moves. He doesn't do moves how we understand them how these moves are trained to players all right when you do the left to right crossover you want to have your foot here your foot here you want to shift your weight this way you want that's the how they would coach it but not for Ky- Kyrie is not one it's too fluid there's no one who can do it anyway that's enough for Kyrie it's not what the point is watch tape of the Chris Paul watch tape of Jalen Brunson the thing is is that the reason why I keep bringing up Brunson is because Brunson is small now mind you Brunson is strong as a bull he has to be he has to be to do the things he does. He has to be. But the way that he gets the watch the the Trey Young, Jalen Brunson, the way that they change of pace. Watch Trey Young. Trey Young is so good. And people are really angry about last night, that foul. Hey, guess what? That is a foul a hundred times out of a hundred. If you don't like that foul, then you must not like half of the fouls Joel gets. And guess what? I'm not someone who hates on the foul that, the fouls that Joel gets. They're all fucking fouls. They're all fouls. A foul is a foul. All right. The point is the offensive player 
is allowed to that space. He is allowed to drive straight. Tyrese takes the contact on the chest too much while while Trey Young is coming downhill. You know why? Because of Trey Young's change of pace. Because Trey Young is going slow and then suddenly speeds up. Tyrese can't get himself out of the way in time and now he's out of the game. With Tyrese, it's very one speed. So it's kind of easy to get out of the way because you already know what's coming. It's just, can you recover in time to stop it when he gets to the rim? Because he's moving very fast, right? So having a change of pace is necessary. It's, I mean, Luke is different, obviously, because of his size, but Luke's ability to slow down and speed up is unmatched. It's uncanny. James Harden, as much as I can hate on Harden, I'll tell you this, when I play basketball, you know, I love playing roughhouse. Anyone who's ever played with me knows I love playing roughhouse or one-on-one or rising sun, whatever you want to call it. And I'm playing on the perimeter. I love playing on the perimeter in those games because I don't get to play in the perimeter in most five-on-five or team games. I end up mostly on the on the, on the the post. So I love playing on the perimeter. Well, I take a lot from, from James. Why? Because what is James trying to do? James just wants to fool you enough to get half a step on you. That's all I need to do. If I get half a step on you, that means that you are already just half a step behind me. I'm using my strength and my body to finish through your contact. There's nothing you can do now. It's too late for you. You're out of the play if I can get half a step. I don't need to blow by you. I just need a half a step and that's it. James is a master at that. Learning how to do that, how to come off of screens and put that player who's coming off, who came over that screen, putting him in prison so that he can no longer affect you. You have to learn how to do those things as a point guard, especially in today's NBA. You got to be able to do it. The speed is not enough. Speed is great, but when you get to the playoffs and the game slows down, that speed is going to get muffled. It's going to get muffled a great deal. So you got to be able to find other ways to affect the game. Whether it's moving off of screens, moving off of dribble handoffs, which we do all of those things and they all work to a charm. Eventually, teams are going to game plan that out to not allow you to get going and force somebody else on the perimeter to affect us. So if you end up in a one-on-one situation with the clock running down or in a situation like last night, having a crossover, a handle that's creative that can get players moving. It's going to be necessary to break down a defense because if you not not only did you not finish that shot, and again, I'm not hey, I'm not even angry. There's no, I'm not disparaging you at all because I love Tyrese. Again, I love him. This is just another thing he needs to work on. When you look at that play last night, not only did you not beat Dejounte, that's the obvious thing. You don't beat Dejounte one on one. The other thing that is a little bit less obvious, or that maybe people are not considering here, is. You also didn't collapse the defense at all. Why? Because you didn't get DeJounte out of your way. Because you couldn't get DeJounte out of your way to have a free line at the basket. You didn't collapse the defense at all to make to pass the ball out. Because mind you, you, you make the play, he swipes down, the ball hits your leg, goes out of bounds. There's one second left. That means there's plenty of time that you could have collapsed the defense and kicked it out to someone on the corner for an open shot somewhere. You know what I mean? So... That's the thing that Tyrese needs to continue working on if he wants to continue being elite. Because ultimately, the truth is, when I'm looking at point guards in the East, and again, this is not to disparage Tyrese, there is a clear line of demarcation between, in my opinion, Jalen Brunson and him. 
I would rather have Jalen Brunson, truthfully. Jalen doesn't do as much defensively as Tyrese because he is just far less athletic. But offensively, again, if you have a lead, I, I would it would be crazy to see a, a, a Jalen Brunson and Joel matchup, uh, Joel playing together. To think what it would be like to have that screen and roll, to just have Joel go off and do these crazy things, to go out of the game and have Jalen come in, not only maintain the lead, but then push the lead further. Because he is incredible with the lead. We don't have that stability at the point guard position yet. We don't have that quite yet. He isn't Tyrese Halliburton. He isn't Trey Young. Shit, you watched the game last night. We were up a few times toward down, down the stretch. But you know what? Trey is very much in control. As much as I don't really like Trey Young that much, as much as I think that Trey doesn't completely doesn't do enough that contributes to winning, the truth is, is he is very in control at the point guard position. He is going to get good looks for his guys. And he did it multiple times last night down the stretch. Multiple, multiple times last night down the stretch. You know what I mean? So you got to watch those guys. See how they do it. Learn from them. The best players, man, listen, you gotta, you have to be able to do that. You got to be able to do that. It's not, people sometimes, I remember getting into a debate with somebody at the gym one time because I gave somebody credit. I was like, man, this dude always bust my ass. And he was like hating as if I am not ultra competitive. I am ultra competitive. I am ultra competitive. Just because I say that that dude trashes me every time I play against him, I am going to guard him every single time still. I don't care. Trash me until I figure out how to stop that from happening. I'm going to keep trying. It doesn't mean anything. You can be ultra competitive, but learn from your peers. See what they're doing and adopt those things. And be like, oh, okay, let me try this. I've watched Joel do it for the last eight years. He does that. I'm telling you right now, he's been doing that. He watches tape of Joker. I promise you he does. Now he comes out doing no-look passes on, on, on full court in uh, in uh, fast break situations, doing crazy things like that, he has that the 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 CP three dribble, the you know coming up the ball with the right hand, swipe hard as it at it as if you're about to do a one hand pass elsewhere to your left, but all you really do is graze the right side of the ball so that the ball can get the English hit the ground and drive and dribble back to your right hand. He got that straight out of CP three, straight out of CP 3s book. You don't think he watches tape? He does. You got to watch tape. Watch how these other guys do it and learn from it so that you can figure out, okay, how can I fool the defense in a one-on-one -on -one situation? Because then you fell out of the game in overtime and we lose because we have no one else who can score because he ain't going to be Tobias, I tell you that. Mm -mm. No, no, no. He's been playing well, but this last week has not been a good time watching Tobias. I have not enjoyed the last week of Tobias Harris basketball, and he's been playing really well this year. Again, I said it I said it earlier this season. This is the best Tobias Harris season. This has been his best season as a Sixer, without a question in my mind. But, Lord, the last week has been rough. It's been rough. It's it's the Cat Williams, you know, you have, uh, uh, I forgot whatever he said, uh, thing, uh, alignment to losers, whatever that is. That's what I feel like saying. So, we'll see what happens. Uh, hopefully, Joel is going to be back on Friday, from my understanding. We'll be playing the Kings, um, which should be a, a competitive game. It's going to be a competitive game. Another great point guard matchup. Maxi, maybe to learn something watching De'Aaron Fox. 
You know what I mean? Fox is a hell of a player. He gets into that mid-range. He is devastating in the mid-range. And he isn't even one of the top six point guards in the league, probably. You know what I mean? He probably isn't. I'm not going to take him over Jamal Murray. Not after winning a championship. There's just no possible way. There's no possible way I'm going to take him over them, over him. Uh, who else? What other point guards are in the West right now? I mean, obviously, Steph. You're not going to take him over Steph. Um, man, who the... Man, uh, what am I missing here? Man, you know what it is? Just like uh, There's a lot of point guards in the East and just not as many in the West. Yeah, I guess James Harden is a point guard. I would take him over James, though. But... Um, yeah, I'm just thinking about the top teams in the West and the point guards. Man, maybe I'm crazy. I'm, I'm definitely missing. So I'm going to feel stupid after this. Because there's going to be something I'm clearly missing. And I'm going to just feel like... Uh, I'm going to feel like uh, a sinvergüenza here. A sinvergüenza, which if you don't know what that means, it means to be without shame. A person uh, sans shame. Sans shame. Uh, let's see. I mean, SGA isn't a point guard. Yeah, no, it's uh, uh, the Mavericks. I mean, yeah, we're not going to take it. Yeah, I'm not taking De'Aaron over Kyrie uh, or Luka, depending on who you think is. If Luka's a point guard, I don't know. The Suns don't really have a point guard, which is part of their issues. Uh, yeah, it just isn't a ton of point guards in the West, which is kind of kind of interesting. There's a, a good amount of them in the East. Um, anyway, watch Saber Darius Garland, another great example. of Somebody who has a, a hell of a bag, man. That dude has a bag and a half. Got to watch that tape, man. Uh, but that's it, everybody. Keep wash your hands, stay safe, keep it real. Don't hate people. Everybody love everybody. E L E. You know how I do. Uh, I will be back. You know, maybe next week. You'll see. Uh, I, I do want to start doing more podcasts, maybe about other subjects, random things. I don't know what I I, I don't know that I was going to talk about Cat Williams at all. Anyway, honestly, I don't really have much to add to to that scenario. I don't really know what to make of it. I watched it. Uh, it was funny and I don't know what to make of it. If I'm being honest, I have no idea what to make of it. So, you know, do with that what you will. Everybody stay safe, take care, and I'll see you on the flip. Justice for the blind, just something that'll find in the rhymes that are coming from my mind. Used to come in from behind.